Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. Hi, welcome to the second Sunday of Lent. I'm going to work through Mark 8, 31-38, as usual from the NRSV. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who will lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will be also be ashamed. Then he comes in the glory of his Father, his holy angels. This is the gospel of our Lord. Yahweh, let us have eyes to truly see, ears to truly hear, and a way forward to delight our souls and heal our world. Amen. So as we find our Lenten pace, may we remember that Lent has a beginning and an end, and it's meant to realign and prepare us for the season of Easter, where we can practice resurrection. This passage today from Mark gives us this amazing picture of what it means to follow the way of Jesus. And in the light of our current context, whenever you read scripture, whenever you walk through whatever season it is, we are not separate from our surroundings. We are immersed to be when we are, where we are. So in that light, when you see a passage like this, you can't help but apply the filter to your environment, to your culture, your society. And that's exactly what I've done in my preparation. And as I said on Sunday, I believe that there's something very important here for us. I also mentioned that maybe it was just for me, but I don't think it is. I think it's for all of us. Years ago, I was in a staff meeting when the music was being critiqued. That wasn't the issue. A comment was made about keeping a happier tone 
going. Something like, people don't want to be brought down. In my current context, my reflections of these things, these meetings, these comments, they've mellowed over the year, thankfully. It is imperative for us to be authentic, to be aware of our human realities. So to pretend or ignore who we are and where we are is to ignore our humanity. And the less human we become, the, the more distant Jesus may seem. Because when the human God wants to commune with us, there is no pretending. There is only incarnation. God with us. Christ with us. And any time that Jesus speaks, it is good news, regardless of how we receive it. Jesus, in what might be the most stunning rebuke in all of Scripture, get behind me, Satan. He speaks to Peter. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus turns to the crowds and captures the essence of his message in two sentences. If any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. For those who lose their life for my sake for the sake of the gospel, we'll save it. Walter Brueggemann said that there are three prophetic tasks of the church, and this will provide a bit of a beautiful filter for the forthcoming thoughts. Number one, tell the truth in a society that lives in illusion. Or two, grieve in a society that lives in denial. Three, express hope in a society that lives in despair. Jesus finishes this gospel broad and narrow in his invitation. His invitation is inclusive. If anyone would come after me, none are excluded. It's wide open. But then things seem to tighten. There's a wide how, who, but there is a narrow how. Jesus lays out three particular conditions for discipleship of the way. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow. These three things look different for every human. To deny yourself looks different for all of us. To take up your cross looks different for all of us. And to follow, those similarities may be, there's still some variations of what that looks like to follow the way of Jesus. The word ashamed is this assessment. When he says this towards the end, now there's so much that we could park on. But I'm just going to get to this thought when he says to, that he will be ashamed. If those were ashamed, he would be ashamed. This is an assessment. The word ashamed is a deeper than what we may associate with it. Christ being ashamed of those who reject him is the reality of loving someone so much and them being unwilling to be with you. 
choose another path. It's heartbreaking. They've considered Jesus unworthy of their devotion, refusing to follow Jesus because they feel that they've found a better way or perhaps an easier way. The fact is, there is easier ways to life than following the way of Jesus, especially in a context of today. Many of us have deconstructed or detangled. Maybe some of us are in the process of deconstructing, detangling our faith. It's not what it means to really follow Jesus. And in the light of this passage from Mark, what is it? Well, he lays it out here. But this sometimes requires us to detangle Jesus from systems that continue to hurt people. And this process, whatever you call it, will be painful, difficult, and patient. But eventually, there is an immense joy, unspeakable joy, clarity, conviction, and peace present with this reality. To deny ourselves is to not deny goodness or health. This text has been weaponized like many, many other parts. In this context, it is to deny ourselves of the delusion and dysfunction that we may live in. These pursuits that hurt ourselves and hurt others. It is to orient or reorient our lives in the way of Jesus. To detangle from toxicity, from dysfunction, from culture war, from estrangement. So if this means that we have to detox from the cultural framework that we find ourselves in or maybe have been intoxicated by, so be it. This is what it looks like for Brugman to say, tell the truth in a society that lives in illusion. How difficult it may be. When Christ speaks, I think that this is fascinating. We should not run past this. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? One of the most blissful things about Lent for me this season is that I've turned off or stayed away from news feeds on my phone, whatever. The idea that someone or a group of people can distort the way of Jesus in such a way that it becomes a transactional tribal identity that leaves us looking the furthest thing from Jesus. And this can range from Christian nationalism all the way to 
the divisive political agendas that we find in our political theater today. It's absurd. So in that light, what does it look like to follow Jesus? Truly, not American Jesus. What does it look like to follow the way of Jesus of Nazareth? When he calls to the crowds, if those who want to be his disciples, here are the things, his invitation, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, for to save your life, you will lose it. David French writes this, the problem with Christian nationalism isn't Christian participation in politics, but rather the belief that there should be Christian premacy in politics and law. It can manifest itself through ideology, identity, and emotion. So in our context of here and now, so much influential profit, but losing their souls in the process. Brian Zahn in his new book, The Wood Between the Worlds, he speaks of the pursuit in one section called The Poisonous Promise of Power and illustrates the idea with Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. Yes, a nerd alert. And I love it. He says, If the church doesn't renounce the ring of power as a means of bringing about the purpose of God, it ends up a pawn to the merchants and thieves hungry for power. The church must not use the same language as politics, but the language of Jesus. End quote. This language of Jesus will always challenge power. It always has, and it always will. And don't believe for a moment that Jesus wasn't political. Politics got him killed. In that context, in that time period, it was ripe with political strife and tension, oppression, fascism, all of it. And Christ came to offer another way forward that challenged who? Well, we see this right here in Mark. The Son of Man will undergo suffering, rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. These are the most religious people of the time. And for him of the state. So let's not pretend Let's just get past that. When Jesus speaks, he always speaks against power. And if Jesus speaks against something that we stand for, if and when this happens, we are to open ourselves up to this detangling. Friends, this is the great invitation of our time. And we must do something with it, especially now. This is what it really means to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus for the sake of the world. For the sake of the gospel means for the sake of the world. 
So I guess a question would be, how should we die? But really, how should we live? Maybe by learning what Peter had to learn in Jesus's rebuke. The way up is down. The path to life begins with letting go. God's self choosing the story of Christ and giving humanity the invitation to follow, truly follow the way of Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to luminousanglican.com. Peace be with you.